0: From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host, Assistant Chief of Operations, Pokey Sanchez.
1: I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you. I know sometimes these missions can be uh, dragged out rather long, and some of them less exciting than others, but the intent of the mission was this specialty group to go back and address the country and i don't just say the county I mean the country's main concern that was on the news every single day and night on uh, national news and to know that our folks are over there assisting with the other FEMA groups it was greatly appreciated and you guys should be commended and that's why I'm here I just want you guys to know that we appreciate all your efforts and want to say thank you thank you guys thank you guys for coming back healthy please try to get some rest and again, I really appreciate your guys' efforts. All right? Thank cool. You. Thank Thank you. You Hi, this is Captain Tony Bomarito, PIO for the Orange County Fire Authority, and it's Monday, September 24th at about 5 p.m. and our second of two mission-ready package California Task Force 5 teams just returned home from their deployment to the East Coast in response to Hurricane Florence. Joining me is that MRP's Task Force leader, OCFA Battalion Chief, Craig Covey. Chief Kobe, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, thanks Tony. Before we get into the deployment, can you first review for us what a mission ready package consists of? Sure, so a mission ready package is kind of like an
0: a la carte menu for the full task force. A type one task force is 80 persons and it's all hazard. Sometimes calls don't need that all hazard risk of like, Large concrete buildings that have collapsed. We're not doing that. In this case, it needed a water rescue capability. So instead of sending the 80-person team, we sent a 16-person team. We have other mission-ready packages for search, uh, search and rescue, for canine search, for our structure specialists, for hazmat. There's other smaller packages, kind of an a la carte menu, that we can break the team down to help send out what would be a more appropriate need for the incident.
1: Okay, so this is the first time in a long time, if ever, that we've been deployed this way. Obviously Hurricane Harvey last year was the full team, but the mudslides in Montecito at the beginning of the year, our Urban Search Search and Rescue Regional Task Force 10 was deployed. Can you kind of walk us through the different deployments and why one might be called upon over another?
0: Sure. The uh, RTF 10 or Regional Task Force 10 was an OES request for in-state response to Montecito, and it's made up of the same people in our program, but it's just labeled differently and how it's ordered through OES. Now FEMA orders the FEMA teams, whether it's the Type 1 Task Force or the MRP or whatever it fits. This example was the kind of a beta test for the full Type Three MRP package combination to a response because we'll kind of get partnered up with a MR, excuse me, with a Type Three or Type One team in the operational area. Uh, that they'll be our mothership kind of scenario, uh, and this was the first beta test for the system in a large scale large scale mobilization of an activation like this. There was over a 1,000 FEMA first responder rescuers assigned to this incident, and probably one of the largest ever. It was a total of 29 teams.
1: So take us through the journey from when you first got deployed, and uh, you guys were deployed after Chief Dossie's team, correct? Correct. Uh, to the time you pulled back into this warehouse, and I'm sure some of our guys are wondering, why driving, why was that the mode of transportation over flying? So just kind of start us when you first got deployed.
0: So we got deployed at about 11.15 at night is when we left the barn and we took us 61 hours a pretty much straight drive through there to beat the storm. Our objective was to get there ahead of the storm so we were ready to go to work. So we kind of risk managed that by rotating drivers. We had three or four people in every vehicle, and we constantly rotated drivers and had somebody bedded down, and we worked it at night. At one point, we stopped for about four hours to shower and lay down for a few hours, but for the most part, we were driving straight through. When we got there, we got there right as Hurricane Florence was arriving. It was pretty pretty significant rain and wind as we were approaching into our staging area, and it got worse, so they ended up bedding us down for the night, because it was too unsafe to push us out into the operational area at night under those conditions. First thing in the morning, we got deployed to Duplin County, uh, started staging. We were heading towards a staging place called Kenansville, which was their county seat. And on the way there, the EOC dispatched us to a town called Beulaville. This really worked well. It was a decentralized dispatch kind of thing. We got released from the IST as our controlling dispatch and given to the county to manage us. And then the county sent us to Beulahville, that would be like coming here and getting assigned to Anaheim. So we got in there, embedded, we put one of their firefighters on our water rescue package, and we used him to be that communication link between us and the county. And we ended up running targeted 911 searches, mostly for flash flood related incidents where a car got swept away and people were stranded or washed out of the car and had to be rescued. Uh, So we worked that for the first two and a half days until it kind of slowed down. And we did some large area searching in houses and stuff. But for the most part, we ran 911 calls just like we would here for water rescues. And this system worked fantastic. We were light, we were fast, we were mobile. We could get on the road in seven minutes and be running to a new call and it just proved itself perfect.
1: Okay so why driving over flying there? Typically when we go out of state we usually fly correct?
0: No not always the case. Flying can be tough. Flying is really most often for going further distances or other areas but the number of teams activated this there wasn't enough aircraft to support it so that's why they opted opted to pull the trigger earlier, uh, Chief Dossi's team 18 hours ahead of us, and they wanted more from us, but we, what we were able to offer up was this MRE, MRP which they took. We were about 18 hours behind, but FEMA wanted everything we could give them, we gave them everything we could. I know it was a lot of sacrifice back here for this to go, but it made a big difference there.
1: So speaking of that, I know that your team was deployed to a tif- uh, different region than Chief Dossi's team. Can you give us a little insight as to what their assignment was and how how that went on their side?
0: So the difference was they were sent to a pre-staged area in the state of Virginia. Uh, it was a, it was. You know how it is, it was a chance. That storm could have come right in on them and hammered them, or it could have did what it did and that was miss them. So they didn't get it used as much as we did use, but they were there ready when that storm came ashore. We were kind of the augmentation to the initial attack and we went and reinforced areas that were getting hit hard. Chief Dossi's team, worked around and kind of the ambassador of FEMA and our agency and what this program is. They were staged in a city, in Henry County, worked with the fire department there. They trained, they embedded with them and got everything set up pre-planned for responses in the area. Unfortunately for them, but fortunately for Virginia, they weren't needed.
1: So with that being said also, uh, obviously you guys, your team was very busy. What were some of your biggest challenges during this deployment?
0: I mean, the first challenge right away was that grueling drive to get there. 61 straight hours, get there, and trying to risk manage that and make sure the guys were driving weren't fatigued. Anyone started feeling it at all, we pulled over and swapped drivers, or we swapped drivers at every fuel stop. So that was probably the biggest challenge right off the get-go. And then when we got there, many of these rescues weren't the traditional rescue, the water rescues, where we were able to set up the rescue team and a downstream rescue team and stuff like that because these were wild running uh, flash floods through areas, not a channel. And there was no place to put a downstream rescue component. So we had to really work around that and adapt to it. Risk a little to save a little, risk a lot to save a lot. Uh, That's our motto and what we operated under, but tried to mitigate the risk as much as possible. But the reality is these guys took some significant um, challenges to go after a guy, especially one guy in particular, that would have died, no question, had we not gotten uh, rescued him.
1: That's great, that's really great to hear. So what worked well? What do you, what can you uh, walk away with this saying, you know, this particular part of this deployment worked well for us and we'll we'll continue this again. What worked well for you guys? I really,
0: really felt the decentralized dispatch worked fantastic. It took the middleman out and put us directly in the county operating area, communicating with the county dispatch system and going immediately to calls and not being delayed or um, filtered. We were put right to work, just like you would get dispatched on a 911 response with your engine. I think that was probably the greatest success of it, along with the concept of this MRP, because we were so mobile, so agile, that the bigger mothership of 80 guys versus 16, we could react quickly, get out and get to work. And I thought that was fantastic.
1: So what, as an agency, can we learn... uh to improve upon on the next deployment, if anything?
0: Like anything, we'll do an AAR, and there's lessons learned, and we'll get through the, a lot of it is what equipment to take, what personnel to take, because the basic roster is 14 people. We have two additional we can take. What's the right fit for those? Uh, things like that, which vehicles to take. This was different in that we sent two teams. Well, we had to work with OES to get some of their resources released to us to be able to equip the second team. We have the personnel, but do we have the equipment? We can work on improving the depth of our equipment to support the depth of our personnel. Probably a couple of the biggest highlight things, but we're gonna do an AR. Uh, We're shooting for November to uh, review this, Harvey and Montecito, and capture all those lessons learned over the past two years.
1: That's great. Uh, Thank you, Chief. That's all we have time for today. Uh, Thanks so much for taking the time to review all this with us. I know you want to get home and be with your family, so we'll let you go. Thanks for listening to the Pass Along podcast. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.